Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Hey, loyal listeners. I'll be hosting this episode myself. I've been involved in software development for more than 25 years. I've started companies, led companies, and worked for companies, doing many different things. I'm honored to be considered a leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem, and I give back as much and as often as I can. When I'm not working or podcasting, you'll find me pursuing my passions of photography, crypto investing, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. This is an exciting episode for me because I finally convinced Rhea Haley to join me on the show. And here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast for Rainforest Alberta. Today, my special guest is Rhea Haley. Rhea, welcome to the show. Thanks, Al. Happy to be here. So Rhea has got a fascinating story and she's doing some really exciting things in the ecosystem, especially coming up now in the new year here in 2023. So Ria, why don't we step back a little bit? You have a really fascinating history. (laughs) Most people, their eyes might bug out when they hear what you've gone through in your life. But why don't you take us back to some of your early memories and then how you through your life to the point where you are at today. And then we'll talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing in the new year. Sounds good. So going all the way back, I actually immigrated to Canada when I was nine years old. And it was quite the culture shock because I did not speak English. And uh, even though I had seen snow, I had never experienced the bitter cold that the Canadian winters bring. So yeah, it took me, it took me about a year and a half to learn how to speak English. And I was immersed in the culture. So I moved to Toronto, you know, back then, I can't say that immigrants were warmly welcomed. It was quite the challenge, but, you know, I, I focus all my efforts on learning how to speak, read and write English so much so that I actually forgot my native language. So I lost the ability to write and read in Arabic. And some would even say speak intelligently in Arabic. Yeah, so it was quite it was quite the journey. But after immigrating to Toronto, I eventually moved with my family to Wasaga Beach, actually first Brentwood and then Wasaga Beach, two little pinpoints on the map when you look at Ontario. And my family actually opened up a corner store with gas station and a deli. So I started working in the service industry at a very, very early age, actually at the age of 14, I think it was. So I really got to learn what it takes, the amount of effort, sweat and tears that it takes to run a small business, you know, just to to survive and then also to hire other people in the community to help you run that business. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my, my background. Yeah. Like, that's got to be hard. I mean, you were you when you came over from Lebanon, you had no English speaking skills at all. And you were dumped in school and you had to communicate with people and figure things out and they didn't treat you very well. So that must have been really, really hard. Yeah, it was definitely challenging. There was a lot of bullying, unfortunately. I, I recall, you know, standing in class waiting for the, the bell to ring and one kid mocking me because of the way I was dressed and telling me I should just go back to where I came from because I just don't, I don't belong. I don't fit in. 
And that that has really stuck with me. Even to this day, I often feel like I don't belong or I don't don't fit in. They say that, you know, those are the things that really build character. And I think, you know, based on what you've told me off mic, it was one of the things that gave you a different perspective than most people would have. Absolutely. It also taught me resilience. It taught me to never give up. That's one thing I definitely have in spades, a lot of grit. I will not give up, especially on projects that that I'm really passionate about. Yeah, for sure. Now, we can skip ahead a little bit with like your first job was, I think was waitressing or something. And and then you, but so you've been in the service industry for a long time because then you ended up on the cruise ships, Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and also the really interesting part at the end there? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I did end up on the cruise ships. I wanted to travel and see the world. And, you know, after moving to to Calgary, I had the chance to, you know, to experience that. So I actually started working on the cruise ships again in the service industry. So I was I was working in the casino as a cashier handling very, very large sums of money to sometimes very happy or unhappy passengers. And yeah, unfortunately, the, the ship I was on caught fire three miles off of the coast of Miami. And um, yeah, it was it was quite alarming. Coast Guard was not called in. Helicopters were flying above filming the fire. I knew it was pretty serious. It was very late in pulling the fire alarm, jumping above board because nobody was deploying the lifeboats. And they, I was never taught how to how to deploy a lifeboat. So I actually had to calculate whether or not I should jump above board. And, you know, it's you're you're up quite a bit, like it's 13 stories high. And I do I did recall that, you know, you have to be very careful how you enter the water, because if you don't enter it properly, you break pretty much every bone in your body. And then also there were sharks, right? And and I'm petrified of deep water and sharks, but I thought traveling on a cruise ship would be fun. So there you go. So eventually the Coast Guard, you know, went, nope, this is this fire is out of control. We're going to step in. And they stepped in, they put the fire out and towed the cruise ship back to shore, which took, you know, many, many hours. It was quite the ordeal. Definitely did not think I was going to make it. I do recall calling my mom and telling her, you know, I love you. Don't know what you're seeing on the news, but don't panic. It's not that bad because I didn't want her to to worry. But meanwhile, in my head, I'm thinking, ha, is this how I go out? (laughs) I'm I'm too young. I'm not ready for this. Yeah. So it was quite, quite the experience. But thankfully, you know, everything worked out and took a bit of a break and then went back out again to the cruise ships. Like I said, I'm when I have my mindset on something, I don't give up. <laughs> so I didn't let that scare me, scare me away from traveling, getting paid to do it. So yeah, so that was that was my my fun, fun period of my life before I came back and realized that I really do love Calgary. Calgary's my home, you know, despite me hating the bitter winters, I can't imagine really living anywhere else, especially because I'm surrounded by family and friends here. Yeah, that's certainly an exciting story. I know there's a lot more to that story, but after that cruise ship experience, what was your career trajectory? Yeah. So I worked for Yellow Pages. My my job was to help small to medium-sized businesses craft ads that will help them generate generate income. And I think because of my roots, I was always driven to only quote unquote sell products or services that I knew would really help these small to medium-sized businesses. Because I have found that oftentimes they're taken advantage of and that's not fair to them. They don't, they really don't have the, 
budget that larger corporations do. And when they, you know, reach out for help and they trust you to guide them in the right direction, I, I take that responsibility very serious. And it's up to me to then give them the best advice, even if that means, you know, generating less sales for the company that, that I'm working for. But that's always kind of worked out in the best interests of, of both you and the customer, right? Because you build loyalty and trust with your clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I'm after. And then also when they start to see results, when they start to, you know, their revenues increase, then they come back and they invest even more. I want you to talk about your, your next, I guess, career position, which was with the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo, because I think it's really fascinating how that job started out and what it ended up becoming. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I actually started volunteering at the Calgary Comics Entertainment Expo and I fell in love with the people and the culture. And I thought, and I, and by the way, I knew nothing about this, <clears throat> this genre. I had no idea that, that these expos even existed. I knew very little about comic books. I mean, growing up, I read, what was it called? Archie, Archie comic books. I thought that was pretty cool, but that was about it. Yeah. So I volunteered with this group and I thought, okay, I have to, I have to work for this company. I'm not sure what that's going to look like, but I have to work with, with this company and this group of people. So I actually got an introduction to Kendricks, who's the founder and met him and his team and said, okay, I want to work with you guys. And they said, okay, well, what can you do? And my response was, well, what do you need? So they said, well, we, we need somebody to start up the sponsorship department or we need an, an assistant for Kendricks. And I thought, okay, the starting up a sponsorship department is the scariest one. So I'm going to go for that one. And that's, that's what I did. So I joined the group and I created everything from the ground up and it was fantastic. It was absolutely terrifying, but thankfully it all worked out very, very well. And the sponsorship department grew very, very quickly. And that eventually, you know, we were already on the radar with a, a large global company, but seeing the, the rapid growth of the sponsorship department certainly helped. And then they decided to purchase Calgary Comics Entertainment Expo. So then I went from working for a startup to working for this large global established corporation, which, you know, has its own own challenges. But given a choice, I think my heart will always be drawn to to startup type cultures. And then from there, <laughs> you you decided to go for another transition to another company that was also a massive, massive company. Yes. So I transitioned to Shopify, very large company, but with a startup culture. And yeah, I thought, you know, I, I'm going to give this tech industry a try and see what it's all about. So thankfully, I was able to to land a job as a merchant success manager doing what I seem to always be drawn to do, which is helping businesses make more money. So I, you know, I'm privileged in that I get to work with larger merchants, you know, it, up to the 49 million GMV range. And it, that's been, that's been incredible as well. Very challenging, very rewarding, definitely different than working with small to medium sized businesses. Yeah. But you had already acknowledged that the startup world is where your heart is, right? And so that's, I guess, leads the conversation to where you're heading for the new year. And I, this is really exciting to me because you look at the career trajectory from working in a corner store and then you grow from that to working on a cruise ship, customer success being sort of like the, the route through that whole thing. 
And it's kind of like a combination of sort of a salesy type positions, but also in customer success type positions where your your great success is based on the fact that you care about the customer, like you genuinely care about the customer and you're not just trying to sell. You're not just trying to make more money. You actually focus on people getting everything that they need and getting the best value and getting being able to grow their business in in the best way. And then the success just happens automatically. And and I really love that. And so so let's talk a little bit about where you're planning to go. But before we before we go, let's let's segue into where we're you're planning to go. Let's talk a little bit about your your current recent most recent current journey with Katya. Oh yes. So Katya is this brilliant, brilliant career coach that I highly recommend. I'm working with her and she's taking me through this process to really outline and clarify what my values are and what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are and where I am the happiest and where I can really thrive, really exceed my expectations. I did not know what to expect when I started this journey with her, but every time we meet, I'm blown away. So one of the things that has been identified and that has come out very loud and clear is that my passion really does lie in helping startups and helping small to medium-sized businesses. Um, likely because of my roots and my personal experience when I immigrated to Canada. So that has, you know, really opened my eyes. So one of the things that I'm going to be starting and and kind of already started organically is doing that, is helping small local businesses really just grow and increase their revenue. And, and the way that I do that is by identifying opportunities that they may just not be aware of and helping them maximize what they currently have to work with. So for example, I recently took a self-defense class with my daughter, something else that I highly recommend. I think everyone should know basic self-defense skills. And I just fell in love with the program actually. And I called up the owner and said, you know, are you open to, to meeting for coffee and are you potentially interested in selling, selling your company or, or growing it? And she said, absolutely. So we met for coffee and she's a lovely, lovely woman. Anyways, turns out that she doesn't really want to sell. She's not ready to sell, but she's very, very interested in growing her company. So we just sat, you know, for an hour and a half and, and just brainstorming and just by her filling me in, um, you know, about her educating me about her current business model, I was able to identify several areas of opportunity, three of which she can do right now that would not cost her a single cent more, but that would significantly increase her revenue. And the other ones we can implement step-by-step, again, to help her grow her business to the level that she wants it to be. Um, and, And why not? Like She's offering this incredible service, helping empower women and children and even seniors. And it was quite transformative. After I went through this class, I was standing differently. I was walking differently. I was even speaking differently. There's a lot to be said about that, that inner confidence that you gain after you learn how to look after yourself, should the situation, you know, warrant it. Um, yeah. So, so I had come home and, and I was just, you know, flying high, just thrilled that I was able to help this lovely woman with her business. And yeah, and then I'm connecting that with what what Katya helped me identify. And I'm thinking, okay, this is this is my happy place. 
This is where I need to be. And this is where I can be of greatest service to the community. And when, with a lot of encouragement from Al, you know, this is going to be my, my new venture starting in 2023. Nice. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, because ever since I've known you, you've always been quick to point out what businesses are doing wrong. <laughs> yes. And, and it, not in like a, not in a negative way, like an armchair quarterback way, but more like a, you've just, you just seem so much more enlightened than most business owners. Rhea and I have had a number of conversations around this where people have these innate talents and these innate skills. And, and when they look at something, they just think, oh, well, that's just really simple. And they think that everybody else thinks the same way that they do. Right. And so it's like, with me, with technology, like I can be, you can sit me down in front of a electronic device or a software program or something like that. And I don't need an instruction manual or anything. I just go in and I just figure the whole thing out. And, and to me, it's like so simple. And if I, if I thought, you know, everybody else thinks the same way that I do, then why do people struggle so much with really, really simple, what I think are really, really simple things. And the fact is that nobody thinks the same way that you think, right? Like to you, something seems so bloody simple to them. It's like rocket science, right? And Rhea, the way you think about business to you, it's just common sense. Like, it's just like, this is so simple. I don't, I don't understand. Like, and yet people just like, they light up and they get all excited when you start talking to them because you have all these insights and stuff that that they, they never thought of and not, you know, you have to have a multi-million dollar marketing budget to be successful in business. Well, you don't, if you, depending on the business and how you look at it, there's different ways of, you know, having really easy wins. Could you perhaps maybe for some of the small business owners that, that whatever they might be doing, maybe they're a startup or something like that. What are, what are a couple things that they could be doing or, or ways that they could be looking at things to bring them some more, you know, simple success, right? Like I think going out and deckling your vehicle with your logo and stuff like that isn't going to really add a ton of value. Maybe just think about a couple of things that you think might just generally across the board help most businesses. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and I'll give you a few specific examples. And by the way, that's my biggest pet peeve is that, you know, businesses often, smaller businesses often think that they need to spend, you know, thousands of dollars to, to get to the next level of growth and they don't. And unfortunately, and I'm not saying all agencies are, are bad in any way, shape or form, but I've heard it so many times that, you know, these smaller mom and pop type businesses will invest money with an agency and then they have nothing, nothing left to show for it. So for example, the woman that I spoke about with the self-defense class, you know, she was telling me she spent $8,500 on an agency that promised great results. And she got no results. So that money was completely wasted. And to me, that's, that's just a crying shame. You know, that money could be put to, to better use in so many other ways, but what it really comes down to, and I know this is said a lot, and, and I just don't think that, you know, everyone really understands this. It comes down to the customer, right? So what is, you have to put yourself in, in your customer's shoes. So for example, I recently had to have my dryer repaired and I wanted to call the mechanic that repaired the washing machine several months earlier because I thought he was fantastic. His rates were reasonable. I could not recall where I kept his information. 
And I thought, why, why is his sticker or magnet not on the bloody washing machine and dryer? Because that would make sense. Cause you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking my dryer's broken. It's the holidays. I need to call this guy and I can't find his number. I can't remember his name. I definitely cannot remember his business name. Where do I go? You know, so I eventually I found his, his number and his name and called him and told him, start leaving your stickers or magnets behind because that's where people go when they need help. Right. Another example is, um, when I said maximize what you currently have. So, so I'll go back to my experience with the self-defense class. The self-defense class was phenomenal. Everyone was feeling incredibly confident and happy and just high on life after the class. You have this adrenaline running through you and there was no mention of the advanced class whatsoever. It was assumed that people would be aware of the advanced class that's advertised on the website. I had seen the advanced class on the website and I had completely forgotten about it probably 10 seconds afterwards. So why not offer the advanced class right there in the moment at the end of the first level? You know, you have, you have the facilitator there. You have the off-duty police officer who agreed to put on the padding and get beat up. You, you have the, the facility rented and you're, you're killing two to three hours waiting for the next beginner class to begin. So why not utilize what you currently have and just say, Hey, by the way, we offer this advanced class. You guys are all, you've all graduated. You can now take it. If you want, you can sign up right here. And you can, we can start in half an hour, just take a break, have a bite to eat and let's get started. That literally would not cost the business owner a single cent more because she's, she already has a staff, she already has a facility, but she's not utilizing it. The other thing that she was offering is, you know, one of those alarms that women put on their belts. So if they're in danger, they can pull the, pull the strap and it emits this high beep sound. And she was selling them for 10 bucks. Fantastic. But why not turn your clients, turn the people who are in that class right there into your brand advocate and have them just say, Hey guys, you want to share how much fun you had on your social media channels, whichever channel you want to use. If you do so, just come up and show us and we'll give you this free alarm, this free purse alarm or backpack alarm. I'm sure the, I'm sure that alarm costs her under a dollar a piece, but the amount of marketing and word of mouth and publicity she would get from it, you know, like it's, it's almost priceless. And then also, you know, the facilitator mentioned these other self-defense tools that you can, you can have on you. So one of them was a flashlight. This was designed by a police officer, a flashlight that has kind of like a sharp, like kind of looks like teeth around it. And so if you, if you're in danger, if you're being attacked, you can shine this light at someone's eyes and you can lunge at them if you need to, because it's, it's a weapon. So you blind them and injure them in enough time, you know, for you to get away. Um, and she told me the, the website to go, to go buy it. I haven't had time. I'm too busy. Everyone's too busy. I don't even know if I remember the website name. So why not have these items conveniently there for me to buy them when I'm in that mindset of, yeah, I do need this item and I can gift it to a few people I care about. So I would happily buy three or four of them right there on the spot. You know, so she can increase her product line. And again, these things would cost her very, very little. And she'd be providing a service to the community. 
and benefiting from it. So the more that she benefits, the more classes she can hold, the more she can expand her business, the more women and children that she can empower and and seniors that she can empower. So that to me is like the best case scenario. We're helping everyone benefit. Everyone's walking away being better off for having met. So it's not just, it doesn't just come down to money or sales, you know, and, and I think that's why people kind of cringe when they hear sales. Like even I cringe when I hear sales and I work in sales and I still love sales because when done right, everyone benefits. You're not selling something that someone does not need. You're selling something, whether it's a product or service that actually enhances someone's life. They're better off because of it. And that creates a ripple effect that then, you know, continues throughout the community. Yeah, there's so many aspects of this whole process. And you seem to have uh, just a, a mind for for looking at things in a different way that people don't don't typically look at. So as we progress towards this new year, or as we progress into this new year, how how best could people get a hold of you if they're interested in having a conversation and tra- talking a little bit about their business and, and the kind of things that they're doing to see if you have any advice to give them? Absolutely. So anyone can reach out, love to connect for coffee. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Rhea Haley. And yeah, I, I look forward to, to meeting whoever wants to just connect, chat about their business or chat about the weather or anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, we'll put the, the, we'll actually put the links to Katya as well as the self-defense class, as well as your LinkedIn profile and contact information into the show notes, which is always found at libby.ca, L-I-B-I.ca. Any closing comments that you'd like to leave people with? Yes. I speak to business owners every day, all day. One of the biggest concerns is this potential recession that, you know, people are anticipating for this year. Don't, don't let this cripple you. There's opportunity here. And yes, you may need to rearrange your finances or tweak your business model. However, good things can come out of this and you can even experience greater growth. Nice. Well, thank you very much, Ria, for being here and I appreciate you joining us on the show. Everybody else, thank you for joining the show and listening in on Ria's Wisdom. There's a new show every Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. So looking forward to our new year of 2023. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. We build great custom software while bridging the gap between education and experience. New Idea Machine makes your ideas real. Visit newideamachine.com for more info. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.